Sorry about that, everybody. My, my mic was on mute when I did the tease there. So let me do that again, just so everybody <laughs> can hear my tease here. Um, recent events show that 72% of U.S. adults believe the nation's moral compass is pointed in the wrong direction. And prophecies foretell this societal condition in the last days. And I'm going to discuss this setting and God's biblical response on today's edition of End of the Age. You know, not long ago, there was little dispute among the majority of citizens that America was founded on Judeo-Christian values. And, and not that long ago, America's three branches of government recognized and followed those Judeo-Christian values. But those days are leaving, and I mean quickly. You can see it happening in America. Do you remember back in 2000, what was it, um, 2007, originally, in an interview on CBS... And then again in 2009, at a press conference before the Turkish parliament, President Obama denied that America was a Christian nation. And we have seen federal and state legislators curry favor with their constituents by promising to promote ungodly principles and oppose any attempt to limit them. Activists, judges who have used the Constitution to systematically remove prayer and Christian activity from the nation's public schools and public property. In present-day America, there are those working feverishly to send a clear message to God, Hey, go away and take your moral compass with you. Now, folks... That's a dangerous position for a country to be in. Now, thankfully, I know many godly people in America that love God, are serving God to the best of their ability, do not, have not compromised the biblical moral moral values and principles taught in the Bible. But, doesn't the Bible say that it will be that the moral compass of society will be that way in the last days, by and large? In Luke chapter 17, verse 29 through 30, it says, But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom and Gomorrah, picture, picture what happened at that time. Just like it was on the day when Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, I've told you this before, but my, my father, I was raised in Irvin Baxter's church. And I heard him say many times, that when he'd teach on prophecy, talk about different societal conditions. Now, this was back in the late 70s, early 80s. I heard him talking about these things, and I thought, not in America. I mean, I, you know, maybe in some foreign land that it would maybe get as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah. 
But I'm telling you, everybody, I'm watching. And America is, is, is taking a turn. Now, not everybody, again. But America, there, there, there are people that have a very loud voice. And they're pushing agendas. Um, let me go through a few headlines here, just, to, just so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. Back in September of 21, the GBH News reported this, and this is the title of the article. Twice as nice, Pete Buttigieg and his... Now, I'm going to read this slowly. I want you to get this. Pete Buttigieg and his husband announced the arrival of two children. I want to read that again. Pete Buttigieg and his husband announced the arrival of two children. When Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, announced that he and his husband, Chasen, had begun parenting, had become parents, the congratulations were many, but the details were few. At the time... They expressed their excitement, but did not share any additional information about their new child, saying that only that the process isn't done yet. But now, the good news has doubled, according to the article. On Saturday, the Buttigieg announced that they would welcome not one, but two children, a daughter and a son, to... Two male parents. Okay? That's one article. Now, if I only had that one article to go off of, that would be enough, right? Societal conditioning in America today. Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation in America right now, has a quote-unquote what, they, what the news media is calling his husband. And now they have two children, a little girl and a little boy, that these two male people will raise. And people are clapping and happy. And I'm looking at it from a biblical perspective and saying, what does God think about this? Two male individuals raising a little girl and boy. But people that are pushing these agendas, they don't want to hear what God thinks. And the Bible says that that's how it would be in society. Not everybody, but mainly the societal condition just prior to his second coming. Folks, this is as much of a prophecy in the Bible as the book of Revelation, Matthew 24, the book of Daniel, Zechariah, Ezekiel. And so we've got to talk about it because many people question if we're living in the end time. But I think it's pretty clear we're there already. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. 
the need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing. Nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com slash Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com slash Ukraine or 800-363-8463. I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. I want to announce quickly that I will be in College Station, Texas this coming weekend. That would be March 26th and 27th. I'll be at the Victory Church, 13107 State Highway 30 in College Station. Saturday night, I'll be teaching at 6 p.m. I'll be teaching the future according to Bible prophecy. Sunday morning, breaking prophecy news. I've got new information on the Red Heifer. We'll be talking about um, I'll give updates on the Great Reset, Council for Inclusive Capitalism, Joe Biden's Build Back Better bill, everybody else that's pushing that, what's going on with the big five, world government, world religion, the peace agreement, the six trumpet war, and um, precursors to the mark of the beast, Sunday morning with a Q&A session. So uh, don't miss that. If you're anywhere near that area, um, College Station, Texas, this weekend. All the information is on our website, endtime.com. Now, again, if talking about Pete Buttigieg and his quote-unquote husband was not enough, the Christian Post, they reported that USA Today has named Rachel Levine among its women of the year. The only problem is Rachel Levine is a man. It states, trans-identified Biden administration official, Dr. Rachel Levine, formerly known as Richard Levine, who was born and lived as a man for 54 years, and in 2021 he became the first quote-unquote female four-star officer in any branch of the military. He was named among the USA Today's women of the year. Now, is this becoming normal to you? Have you been so desensitized and so just um, 
you know, you've, you've become dull to this kind of news that it is just commonplace now. Well, it's not to me. Because I, as a man of God, want to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God, and I want to preach all the principles in the Bible, and I'm not going to allow what God thinks to leave my mind. What does God think about all of this? The news media in America calling a male a female. Um, Yesterday, the New York Post stated that Ron DeSantis... You understand what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida? I mean, he's basically standing up to everybody. Um, Ron DeSantis said that Florida native um, had beat the transgender swimmer, Leah Thomas at the NCAA championships. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, in the article, issued a proclamation Tuesday that declared the runner-up of the, uh, the rightful winner of a 500-yard freestyle competition instead of transgender NCAA champion Leah Thomas. The Republican governor named University of Virginia freshman Emma Wyant as the champion after she, who is a true female, competing in the female NCAA championship swimming competition, that she defeated Thomas, who is a male that claims he's a female. He's 22. She defeated him in the NCAA swimming competition uh, last Thursday by 1.75 seconds. But Governor DeSantis, he declared the female a winner because it's a female championship. And the guy's name is Will Thomas, a.k.a. Leah Thomas is what he's calling himself now. And he's, six, he's a 6'4 male who identifies as a female that was ranked 400 and, number 462 when he was swimming with men. But now he's competing with girls in the collegiate swimming for the University of Pennsylvania, and he is beating all the girls. But he was 462 when he uh, competed with the men. And there are people that are praising him for having the courage to stand up and be a woman now and compete with the, the females. Um, folks, this is America in 2022. The Washington Examiner. DeSantis had responded to Disney protesters and their false narrative. Now, you understand, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Disney. Imagine being a governor and having Disney and every, all the revenue that it brings to your state, in your state, but yet you're talking against their false narratives and different things that are going on. I mean, he's standing up to everybody. The article said that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis responded to Disney employees protesting against the state's Parental Rights and Education Act, saying their actions suggest behavior in favor of injecting sexual instruction in young children. And I mean kindergarten, first, second, third grade. Stated, the classroom instruction they're getting, and I'm quoting, 
Ron DeSantis, the classroom instruction they're getting should not be involving these issues, involving sexuality, particularly things like transgenderism, where they're being taught where they may be able to change genders. And he said, if you're out protesting this bill, you are by definition putting yourself in favor of injecting sexual instruction to five, six, and seven-year-old kids. And I think most people think that that's wrong. And I think parents especially think that that's wrong. So there are people that are protesting from Disney. They did a big walkout that want to inject this teaching into kindergartners, first, second, third graders. Then the Blaze reported, and I'm quoting, ESPN tweeted on Tuesday, the ESPN, the sports uh, network, that ESPN believes in inclusivity and denounces legislation and actions against the United States that infringe on any human rights. They said, and I'm quoting, we stand with our LGBTQIA plus colleagues, friends, families, and fans. You say, well, what does all that stand for? Well, the New York Times reported the established lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, the LGBT abbreviation, that's acquired a few extra letters and a cluster of ancillary terminology around both sexuality and gender. Not everyone has adopted them yet. Take, for example, the addition of Q that became increasingly popular um, during the 20, 20, 21st century, that, and some insisted this stood for queer or questioning. I added the word queer in there because many people think that it's in there as well. Uh, representing people who were uncertain of their sexual orientation or gender identities. And, you know, uh, again, according to the article, others declared it for, the, uh, for queer or questioning, a catch-all term that has shed its derogatory origins and is gaining acceptance. Now there's also I for intersex, A for um, uh, asexual, depending on whom you're talking to, and often a plus sign meant to cover anyone else who's not included in the LGBTQIA plus community. America in 2022, folks. And then also... The Federalist reported that a judge nominated to the Supreme Court on the basis of her sex cannot define the word woman. Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, who was nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court by President Joe Biden, during her confirmation hearings was asked by Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn, can you, I'm quoting, can you provide a definition for the word woman? And according to the Federalist, Jackson, Jackson, who is a woman, said, no, I cannot define the word woman. After confirming the question, the judge claims that she was unable to provide a definition for the word woman because she was not a biologist. And then on Monday, Fox News, Indiana Republican governor, with all of this stuff going on with Leah Thomas swimming and all these national championships and things against females, Indiana Republican Governor Eric Holcomb vetoed a bill that would have prevented transgender females from taking part in female sports 
in schools across Indiana, the state I was raised in, claiming that the measure leaves too many unanswered questions and questions that need for um, questioning the need for intervention at a state level. Now, folks, remember the problem. Now, th- there are, I could have pulled enough articles to go the rest of the day and tomorrow. But remember the prophecy in Luke. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Folks, lifestyles that go diametrically opposed to the Word of God. People running rampant with every sexual perverse desire. Don't care about the Bible. Don't care about what God thinks. Just care about my own lustful desires. Whatever I want to do, that's what I'll do. In the book of Luke, it says that's what it will be like at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the last days. So, when we talk about homosexuality, a lot of people say, well, that's, you know, there are scriptures, but they're thousands of years old. That was for the people back then. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? In the Old Testament, the Bible says, If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. That's Leviticus 20, 13. In the New Testament, the Bible says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also men, leaving the nature, the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to, here's the key, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. Romans 1, 26 and 28. I fear that there are many people in America that just do, have, they've lost their fear of God. And it, it, it's going to be detrimental to them in the future, I promise you. We need to turn back to God as a nation and have a spiritual revival, folks. Again, But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone and from heaven and destroyed all of them. Even so is it going to be when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, from this verse, I've heard sermons preached my whole life that, hey, it's just going to be business as usual until the day the Lord returns as a thief in the night. And the ministers that taught that, they were not wrong. Scripture tells us, for many, that's exactly how that's what is what's going to happen. However, I want to focus on the more ominous aspect of this text. Of all the stories in the Old Testament, why did God choose and to have Luke record Lot to describe the societal conditions that would precede the Lord's return? Because even though he loved them, God was forced to judge and then to destroy 
human beings. It was not the fact that they were sinners. If that were the case, God would have destroyed most of the cities in Lot's day. You know, no, it was, there was something about the way those people lived that forced God to say, I, I, I have to judge these individuals. I'm going to go down and wipe them out, except for, and thank God for this, except for the righteous. So think about increased societal sin demands God's judgment. You know, what, what, what compelled a loving God to slay thousands upon thousands of people in the days of Lot? C- communal lifestyles became so sinful that God was compelled to judge them. You know, think about the days of Lot. Genesis 13, 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. The Lord said, because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. And because their sins are very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which the cry has come up unto me, and if not, then I'll know. That's Genesis, what, 18, 20, and 21. Then the Bible says, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and He overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew upon the ground. So according to Luke, just prior to the second coming of Jesus, societal conditions will be just as it was in the days of Lot. Yes, people will be living lives as normal, but this is only part of the prophecy. And just in the very few articles that I referred to earlier, you can see the mindset in America among many people, not everybody, but among many people that, hey, this is just kind of commonplace. Like we almost need to accept this. And it's something we can't do in the end time. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. 
in the end time, sinful lifestyles will so permeate society, God will have no choice but to judge those who celebrate, participate in, and propagate those sins. You say, well, I don't participate in any of those kind of sins. Well, yeah, but do, are you propagating that? Are, are you advocating for that? Do you support that? Let's think about Sodom and Gomorrah for a second. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah disregarded God's definition of a moral lifestyle. In many ways, you can see that happening here in America. Just disregard. Don't, don't really care what God, how God defines marriage or uh, the, the moral compass that He set for all of us in the Bible. Just disregard that. And, but in Sodom and Gomorrah, they disregarded that and the moral lifestyle by yielding to every sexually perverted desire. The Bible says, and don't forget, this is in the uh, book of Jude. Don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion, those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. That's Jude chapter 1, uh, verse 7. The prominent sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was the sin of homosexuality. That's where the word sodomy comes from. Back in uh, Genesis 18 and 19, you remember the story God sent two angels to lead Abraham's nephew Lot and his family out of Sodom before it was destroyed. The men of the city, being aware of these two male guests that were visiting Lot, they were so deviant in their mind that they surrounded Lot's home demanding that the men be made available to them for homosexual acts. Well, Lot was so far gone in his mind that he actually offered his two virgin daughters to the men. But they refused them because they were bound by their lustful desires for the two men. And this is how the sin of homosexuality became referred to as sodomy. Now, how do we know homosexuality is a sin? Because God's moral book, the Bible, which we all will be judged by, declares homosexuality is a sin. Bible says, if a man also lie with mankind as he lies with womankind, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. God obviously did not look favorably upon those relationships. So what was Luke's prophecy telling us when he said, but the same day Lot come out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven, destroyed them all, even thus shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed. Well, Again, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, which we, I can prove so many ways, folks. Name a prophecy, and I, we can talk to you about that, how we're just prior to the second coming. There's going to be an increase of every anti-God, anti-Bible, immoral, sexual act in society. Now, I, I know that this is a sensitive issue to many. I know that. And I don't talk about it lightly because I have friends who have come out of that lifestyle and are saved today. 
And so I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's no hope for these individuals. Because there is hope. If you're in that lifestyle today and you're listening to this program, there's hope for you. God loves you and He can save you out of that. The Bible says it names different people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Bible says such were some of you. But you've been washed. And so you've been born again. You've come out of that lifestyle. So there is hope. But the Bible says you'll need to come out of that lifestyle. Because it's not biblical. Now I know this is not a popular teaching. But I'm trying to be biblically correct today. But when you think about, is there legal, you know, legal, my mind can't even go there really, but now we've legalized sodomy in America. That, what, what Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed for. And I used to think, you know, no way. There's never going to be a time in America when it gets as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, again, maybe in some far off country, but not here in America. We were, I mean, we're a Christian nation. But wow, have I been proven wrong. I mean, we've seen this country do, really do an about face when it comes to uh, Bible-centric lifestyles in, in many ways. Now, again, I know Christians, many, thousands, and thousands and thousands. And I, we're going to have revival in the, in the last days, I know we will. The Bible says, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. But we still, this is as much as a prophecy as the battle of Armageddon, folks. This is as much of a prophecy as world government, world religion, the mark of the beast. This prophecy here, societal conditions will be like it was back in the days of when Lot came out of Sodom. You know, from the early 60s until now. America has taken a nosedive morally. You know, I'm not going to take a time to go into every single event that has gotten us from there to here. I don't have time for that. But I want you to consider one point of interest. Before the Obama presidency, there were many cracks in this huge dam which held back a full onslaught of sexual, perverse, non-biblical lifestyles in America. Think about prior to the Obama administration. But during the Obama's, President Obama's tenure, the entire, there wasn't more cracks made, the entire dam was pulled down. Prior to 1960, it was against the law to commit the act of sodomy in all 50 states. Over time, though, many things contributed to the dissolving of those laws. However, the crowning achievement was the complete legalization of this act under the Obama administration. Barack Obama was inaugurated to his first term as President of the United States when J- J- January 20th would have been, so he was elected, so it would have been 2009. That same year, at the annual conference of the uh, LGBTQ, um, he cleverly called the Human Rights Campaign, which is, I, Obama didn't do that, it was, that's what it's called, President Obama was the featured speaker, and his remarks were shocking to me, Irvin Baxter, many of us. He said this, and I want to quote. He said, you will see a time in which we as a nation, now we're talking about America here, we as a nation, based on Judeo-Christian principles. He said, you'll see a time when we as a nation finally recognize relationships between two men 
and two women and as just as real and admirable as relationships between a man and a woman. Well, on May 9, 2012, President Obama openly endorsed gay marriage when he said, I have just concluded that, for me personally, it is important for me to go ahead and affirm that I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. And then, of course, under the Obama administration, same-sex or sodomy marriage is le- was legalized in every state uh, back on uh, June 26th of 2015. Now, again, this is a direct violation of God's Word. Now, I, again, I know this is not a popular topic, but we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, folks. We're in the end time, and we've got to talk about these things. We, I, I don't want it ever to become commonplace where we would say, well, you know, there's more and more people living those lifestyles today, and, you know, God doesn't approve of them, but, it, you know, it's just part of society. No, it's not part of society. Can't ever accept that. Because we want to have spiritual revival, and we can't be living in sinful relationships and do that. God defined marriage as between a man and a woman. One man, one woman. All the way back in the book of Genesis. Said, therefore, uh, this is uh, Genesis 2.24. The Bible says, Therefore shall a man leave his father, his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That is God's definition of a marriage. One man, marry your wife, and you guys are together until it's over. And that is when you take your last breath or the rapture happens. Stay married to your wife or your husband. That's God's definition. God also told Moses, sodomy was a sin in the Old Testament. Leviticus 18.22, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is an abomination. Then the Apostle Paul addressed the sin of homosexuality in the New Testament. He said, For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women, again, did change the natural use of, um, into that which is against nature. Likewise, men leaving the natural use of a woman, burning their lust one toward another, Men with men, that which is unseemly, receiving themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God their knowledge, I wanted to quote it again. That's the problem right there. If everybody was retaining God in their knowledge, they knew what the Bible said and they wanted to align their lives up to, with the Bible, we wouldn't even be having these issues. But because men burned in their lust for another man or a woman or whatever, and they didn't want to align up to God's word, God, the Bible says God will give them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are inconvenient. And the passage says God gave them up to ungodly, vile affections. Then it describes what God referred to as the vile affections. He said men would burn in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. And then verse 28 states that the people that don't like to retain God in their knowledge because they don't want to be corrected by Him, The passage says that as a result of this attitude, God turned the homosexual and those that justify homosexuality. Let me say that again. God turned homosexuals and those that justify homosexuality over to a reprobate mind. And a a, a reprobate mind, um, one that embraces a lie so long, pretty much, until it actually becomes 
that come to believe that lie is the truth. An example of that is a person believing that two men can be a family. Everybody knows two men cannot have children. It's impossible. Yet because people want to justify vile affections and give the same sex relationship a cloak of, of um, legitimacy, they close their eyes to the truth, say that two men and two women should be married so they can be a family, and people who embrace that lifestyle, according to the Bible, have been turned over to a reprobate mind. Think about that. Does anybody think God is not watching when the Supreme Court of the United States of America under the Obama administration approved same-sex marriages? God was watching everything. And I, could, I, I assure you that He was. And the very actions in vile atmosphere which, got, which caused God to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah have now been legalized and celebrated in the United States of America. Remember the articles I referred to in the first part of my program. The uh, Dr. Levine used to be called Richard, now he's called Rachel, was just elected one of the, on the list of USA Today's Women of the Year, folks. And he's a man. He was a, he was a man for 54 years. He's still a man. But he's saying as a woman now, and he was just elected on USA Today's Women of the Year list. And so you say, well, not, not in America, Dave. Not, not, you know. Folks, it's happening. And we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's happening very fast now. You need to prepare for it. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Roberts. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You know, some have fooled themselves into believing that God is not going to judge these actions. And he, he may not today or tomorrow, but He will. He, he has no choice, folks. And, you know, many would say, well, you know, not, not in America. I, 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 I hear you saying that. Um, but consider the articles that I quoted, and there are, man, there's so many out there. But the question in my mind, is America modern-day Sodom? Are we going to be judged for this? The legalization of same-sex marriages has emboldened the LGBTQ community to force their lifestyles on the whole of society. 
the uh, Governor DeSantis was, is going to sign a law to keep sexual education from being taught to kindergartners, folks. And a lot of people from Disney and, and transgenderism saying, hey, you can become, you know, decide which, how you want to, whether you're a male or a female, to a child in kindergarten. And all these people from Disney did a big walkout and a protest. They're protesting. They've been protesting this week. And that's what Governor DeSantis is speaking about. So this is America 2022. One example would be, you know, um, or I should say another example would be the anti-discrimination laws to keep Christians from exercising their religious freedoms by not participating in the, the debauchery. You know, a, a going into a baker who's a Christian and saying, hey, I want a, you know, we want a homosexual, we want you to bake us a homosexual cake that says, congratulations, Steve and Jim. Well, a Christian individual can't do that. That's, that's, that is, you know, you're, you can't do that. You can't participate in that. You can't condone that. Now, many of those individuals, they, the, the, the guy in Colorado, he had been having clients living in those lifestyles for years, selling them cakes, donuts, pies, cookies, whatever. But when they come in and said, we want you to bake us a cake celebrating our homosexual wedding, he said, I'm a Christian, I can't do that. And of course, that's when the anti-discrimination, actually, it's not anti-discrimination, but the guy is just exercising his freedom of religion, but yet that's what the laws are passed for in America. And then you've got churches that are ordaining members of the LGBT community to occupy their pulpits while condoning their sinful lifestyles. The homosexuals are celebrating in parades across the nation. They're celebrated by other people who are not homosexual during the the, um, Pride Month. Schools are being forced to teach the role and, and contributions of LGBTQ people in the history of the country. Just teach about the history of the country. If somebody did something good, fine. Whether they were LGBTQ or straight. If they did something for the betterment of our country, great. Let's just teach about that. Transgender men are winning championships. Again, participating in women's sports. I'm talking about wrestling, track and field, swimming, all kinds of things. There's an LGBTQ person person in just about every sitcom and movie coming out of Hollywood. And now it's legal in some states for a man who identifies as a woman to use the ladies' restrooms and locker rooms. And the list goes on and on. There was a big deal about this Leah Thomas this guy who's participating in these girls' swimming sports, that she, or I, I, okay, I said she, he was, is still a male, has male genitalia, and is changing in the girls' locker rooms. The girls complained about it, and the school told them, keep your mouth shut, or you can't use your own locker room. This is 2022, folks, in America. And I know this sounds as if I'm sensationalizing, but I don't have to. This is reality. This is our America. It's almost unbelievable until you read the news. Now, you say, wow. I mean, uh, we're in dire straits. Well, like I said before, God 
has a way of, in the midst of utter chaos, turmoil, sinful society, of having revival. That's what this nation needs. Say, so what's the cure? We've got to pass more laws. And we got to... No, no, no. You can pass all the laws you want, but until you overcome the spiritual aspect of this. The Bible says we don't war against flesh and blood. We're against powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. We are fighting a spiritual battle, folks. And, you know, the big question is, can America regain her greatness? Absolutely we can. It's been done in other countries for years. And you remember um, Alex de Tocqueville. We've talked about him before. He was a famous French political philosopher. And he visited our nation to uncover the secret of our greatness. Traveled for, he traveled from town to town, talking with people, asking questions, and e- examining really every facet of our society. What made America great? It, when he returned to France, to France, he wrote and he said, and I'm quoting, he said, I sought for America's greatness. I found it not in her fields and her forest, even though they're very beautiful. It's not where I found her greatness. I didn't find it in her mines and in her factories. I didn't, I didn't find it in her Congress and in her great tribunals. It was only when I entered into her churches and I heard her pulpits thundering against sin and preaching righteousness that I discovered the secret of America's greatness. But then he said this, America is great because America is good. They know they're based on uh, Judeo-Christian biblical foundational principles. But if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. And, of course, his conclusion, it agrees with uh, Proverbs uh, 14.34. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but the sin is a reproach to people. So here's the question. Is there any hope? I mean, is all hope lost? Hey, we've got this huge um, segment of society. I should say we have a segment. I think it's just a small segment that has a very loud voice. But will we allow this to destroy our country? I mean, will America follow the path of, let's say, the Roman Empire that decayed from within and finally collapsed? Or can America pull back from the brink of total moral collapse, rediscovering those principles that originally made America a great nation, the greatest nation on earth, in my opinion? And of of, of course, the answer is yes. We need a spiritual revival. Um, There is a precedent in history for a nation that recovered from the brink of spiritual bankruptcy. Revolution was sweeping through Europe back in the 18th century and the same societal conditions that gave birth to the French Revolution coursing through Great Britain. And morally, they have lost their compass. Drunkenness was rampant. They were gambling. It was extensive that one historian described England as one vast casino. They just did whatever they wanted. Bishop Berkeley wrote that the morality and religion in Britain had collapsed to a degree that was never known in any Christian country. And it was in that atmosphere that George Whitfield and John Wesley began to preach in the streets of England and their red-hot preaching ignited 
the, the, the dry, thirsty hearts of the people and the ensuing revival cut across denominational lines, touched every class of society. And England itself was transformed by that revival. In uh, 1928, Archbishop Davidson wrote, Wesley practically changed the outlook and even the character of the English nation with his red-hot, fervent preaching on fire for God. Some historians have even maintained that the revival so altered the course of the English country and their history that it probably saved England from a major revolution. Well, could that happen in America? That's the question. Is If spiritual revival could come to England at the time of the worst moral depravity, surely it could happen in the United States. And, you know, that's the thing. All is not lost. I don't want to leave this on a bad note. We can win the battle against the flood tide of moral decay, and we have to. We don't have a choice. And by now it's obvious we've got to have a spiritual leadership. It's not going to come from our political leaders. That's obvious. Where, are they going to, where, where can we look to for spiritual leadership? Let me ask you a question. Are there any true men of God left? Are, are, are they just trying to produce the biggest congregations? Or are there any left that are not for sale who will preach the whole Bible even if it costs them their lives? Is there anyone out there? It's time to stand up now, folks. Tomorrow is going to be too late. Preachers, you are America's only hope. You need to pray. Your heart's hot. Get a message from God. Stand in the pulpit. Preach with conviction and compassion. And the people that love the truth are crying out, Lord, send us men that will preach the truth. The Bible says He chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And people are so disillusioned with the rampant religious prostitution and the watering down of the message they want to hear the truth. Now, you say, well, what if I'm living in that lifestyle? Is there any hope for me? Yes, there is. I want to read you a scripture. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, nor effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, or homosexuals, nor thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So, it just as much, I mean, if you're a thief, a drunkard, a reviler, extortioner, any of this stuff, it's all tied in. Adulterer. It's all tied in. The Apostle Paul said, nah, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But, this is your scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And such were, now he's talking to the church in Corinth here. But they had some things that, you know, they were wrestling with some stuff. And so he says, but such were some of you. You're not that way now. Such were some of you. But ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. And ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Now, these people have been born again. So he's saying, there were thieves, there were drunkards, there were homosexuals, there were adulterers. But he said, such were some of you. Now you've been washed. Now you've been born again. And so there is hope for you. And 
you can come out of those lifestyles, be saved, and God will not judge you for that. He will forgive you, and you can be a born-again individual. And that's, I'm saying that to everyone in 2022. If you're living in those lifestyles, come out of it. I've had friends that have come out of just about all of that, believe me, and are born again today, leading wonderful Christian lifestyles. There is hope for everyone. God loves everybody. It's just people have done things against God. And so you can make it. There is hope for everybody. God loves everyone. I don't care what you've done. God loves you, and He can save you, and He wants to save you. He came and died on the cross to save you. So let's have that spiritual revival. Let's turn America around back and get God's compass, moral compass, pointed in the right direction. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com. 